welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me this episode is Jake. How's it going, Jake? It's going well, Pat. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Um, We're recording this in person for the first time, which is very exciting. It is. Yeah, so bear with us if the audio is a little weird. In the future, we're going to use multiple microphones, but we're kind of trying to do it with one for now. Um, today on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about super automatic espresso machines. Um, before we get into that though, is there anything new or exciting coffee wise that you're into this week, Jake? There is, there is. So we are actually bringing on, uh, Boon Buna coffee roasters and we've been trying a lot of their coffees. They're African sourced coffees and they're all really, really delicious. And, uh, it's one of the most exciting partnerships we've had in a while because they're just so true to the tradition of where coffee came from and honoring that. Yeah, we'll probably do more. I want to get into some more roaster specific episodes uh, at some point. And um, they're one that we'll probably try to do, whether we do a full episode on them or um, or, or what. But uh, yeah, it's a, their, their coffee is really good and they definitely are... Um, focused really heavily on East African coffee tradition, which is cool. Uh, We have a lot of roasters that obviously, you know, that region is extremely important to the coffee world. It's sort of where coffee comes from. And um, there's there's a lot of roasters that celebrate it, but Bunbuna in particular is interested in focusing on that region's traditions and customs around coffee beyond just sourcing coffee from there. So they're a really interesting roaster with a cool uh, take on coffee. They're based out of uh, Renton, Washington, so they're local as well. Yep, definitely. And yeah, they just have a lot of experience with um, most of the East African you know, varietals and they mm-hmm. do a really, really great job of, of highlighting each each farmer, I think, is a, is a good way to put it. Yes, definitely, which is something that I know that I've been really focused on as we go through this year is to try to put more of a spotlight on the producers themselves. So it's really exciting to be able to also bring on a roaster that is really concerned about that as well. So, uh, yeah. So it's uh, there. I'm that's all. That was the one I would have mentioned as well because <laughs> I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, they also have one of their. Um, I can't remember which of the two blends it is, but one of their blends is a little on the darker side too, which is always good for us because we so rarely have dark roasted coffee available or coffee that's even on the darker side of medium that's good because it's really hard to roast coffee on the darker side and maintain the flavor of the beans, which is something that's really important to us in the coffee that we bring on. So with that, um, we can talk a little bit about super automatic espresso machines. I thought it would be fun because uh, it's such an important, um, I guess, product type for Seattle coffee gear. We talk so much about them through other channels, but we haven't really discussed them that much on the podcast yet. Yeah. Yeah. And super automatics um, are, are one of my favorites, but I guess first we should talk about what is a super automatic machine. Yeah, it's funny. Before I started here, I wasn't very familiar with super autos generally. I kind of knew about like pod-based Nespresso kind of machines and um, and other capsule-based machines, but wasn't too familiar with what the idea of a super automatic is. And if you have um, ever seen one of those pod-based machines, kind of think that, but instead of using pods of pre-ground coffee, Super Auto actually has a grinder in it, which grinds whole bean coffee. Uh, So you get 
uh, to try a really wide range of beans and you're not locked into just whatever's available in pods. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and definitely. And just a little history lesson for, for everybody out there. The first um, super automatic espresso machine it comes quite a bit later than the first traditional espresso machine. Uh, Seiko actually introduced them in 1985 for the home market. There were some commercial options available before that. But 1985 was the first super automatic espresso machine for home use. It was called the Super Automatica, and that kind of laid the foundation for what we know and love today in, in super automatic machines that we have here at Seattle Coffee Gear. Yeah, uh, and you know Seiko obviously has been a, a really big super automatic brand since then with all of their like the Encanto line and their Pico Baristo and stuff, which is kind of machines of the past at this point, but they're still involved in the production of the Philips line of espresso or super automatic espresso machines and they make the Excelsis. So we'll talk a little bit more about those specific models as we get into it, but um, definitely super automatics were, as you would guess, an innovation because what they're doing at a basic level is putting a grinder in an espresso machine already so that you don't have to grind the beans beforehand. Um, and that means that, you know, again, you can use basically whatever beans you like. There's some caveats there that we'll get into as well, but it's great because, um, the other angle aside from being able to use whatever beans you like is that we always talk about fresh grinding your coffee is one of the most important parts to getting a really good cup so this kind of adds that to your um your espresso and and is, is a little bit better than those pre-ground capsules because you're getting that fresh ground coffee yeah definitely definitely and um i i think well, yeah basically definitely the grinder is the the innovative component there but also the way that the, the brewing actually happens because unlike traditional espresso machines, um, which create pressure basically either with the basket in a pressurized system or with the coffee itself, you know, the, the brew unit inside of a super automatic is really the, um, kind of the heart of it. You know, each manufacturer's brew unit is a little different, but they all operate the same by creating artificial pressure. Um, because the grind you're getting is a little coarser than a, than a traditional espresso grind. So it's creating artificial pressure either with like a diaphragm or a seal or a gasket, um, which allows pressure to build in the chamber and then extract your coffee uh, almost almost as well as, as you would um, with a semi-automatic. Yeah, and the biggest difference between a semi-automatic and a super automatic in terms of flavor is going to be that with a semi-automatic you're able to sort of tweak the flavor of and of the coffee and really dial in what your espresso is going to taste like based on how you grind it and the the length of time that you pull the shot for and and that kind of stuff and so if you're really into controlling those parameters you might really want to go with that semi-automatic option um but one thing that I think is important to note that we don't always talk about is if it takes quite a bit of practice and work to get to that point where you can really understand how your um, how your shots are pulling with a semi-automatic machine. And I think for a lot of home users, the ability to just put a coffee in, quickly dial it in and pull a shot is going to result in um, enjoying more different coffees over time in a super automatic than you might get in a semi-automatic. 
Definitely, definitely. And that resonates my personal experience with the machines that I've had at home. You know, I've had both a semi-automatic and a super automatic. And at the end of the day, these are both, you know, it's, it's, it's your money. And, you know, if you're not using a super automatic as much or if your family members are not comfortable using a semi-automatic, you know, the super automatic is definitely, um, you know, where convenience shines. You are trading off a little bit, but for the convenience and actually getting to enjoy, you know, a wide variety of drink options, milk drinks, um, easily, you know, at home, the, the convenience factor is definitely uh, huge when it comes to actually making and enjoying your coffee at home. Yeah. Um, I know I, for one, love the idea of like carefully dialing in, um, a, a cafe kind of shot on like a high-end semi-automatic machine but the reality is that i don't usually have time in the morning to do that so being able to just push a button on a super automatic is really nice and the thing i want to stress is that it's not like you're talking about the leap from a pod-based machine to a whole bean-based super automatic like the quality the difference in drink quality between a super automatic and a semi-automatic isn't necessarily as wide as going from pre-ground to whole bean and fresh grinding it um, right there. Like it, super automatics make can make very good shots comparatively. You may not be able to get the same level of quality as you would on like a commercial semi-automatic machine that has you know advanced pressure profiling and the ground the grinds came from a really high-end commercial espresso grinder. Like there's definitely a golf there, but you're not like taking a huge quality hit to use say a Mila versus a uh, Sylvia or something. Um, if you're brewing at home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, like you said, the, the, the jump from pre-ground to whole bean is going to be for any coffee journey, the, the most important right. step, because once you're getting pre-ground, you're getting into months, if not years from production and the whole bean freshly roasted, if possible, you know, coffee, that's the biggest leap. Yeah. Um, so with all of that in mind, um, another really nice thing about a super automatic that you alluded to a little bit is generally they have different drink options that are either pre-programmed. If you're talking about something like the Carina, which has sort of a button based interface, or then if you go all the way up to something like an Excelsis or a Mila, those have screens and you're able to kind of get more granular with your control. So you're going to be able to brew things like um, your shots of espresso. Sometimes you can even tease something more like a ristretto out of them. If you play with the strength and volume settings, um, you can make Americanos in a lot of these machines pretty easily if they have a hot water option. Um, and then, of course, you can make uh, your lattes and cappuccinos if they have a milk frother, which the only super automatic I can think of that doesn't have some form of milk frothing is the Jura A1, mm-hmm. um, which is just a coffee, a, an espresso box. Uh, it makes very good espresso. It does. It does, yeah. So if you don't need the milk frother, it's, it's a fantastic machine. But every other super automatic has some form of milk frother and all these different drink options yeah yeah and while we're on the the topic of milk frothers let's just talk about the the different types that come on a super automatic machine so uh in not in necessarily in lower end machines but generally in machines that are a little less expensive what you're going to be getting is a panarello type of steaming system panarello is basically an air assisted steam wand or a steam assisted steam wand it's it mirrors the milk frothing uh, 
capability of, of, a, of a traditional steam one, but it's incorporating air using either um, a hole at the top of the Panarello wand or uh, a hole in the gasket that attaches it to the machine. And it's incorporating air for you. So basically you can just hold your milk and heats it up. It swirls it for you, super easy. You don't get the microphone like you would on a commercial espresso machine, but you're getting a really hot, delicious, um, you know, milk froth that you can control the temperature. That's the yeah. biggest thing on those is that you can get it as hot as you want. For sure. In comparison, something like a, uh, a siphon system or a cappuccino torre system, what that is doing is it's pulling milk up using a vacuum, usually a tube into a glass of milk or a, a carafe for something like a Mila 6350. It's gonna have its own little stainless steel carafe. And that's pulling milk up and either dispensing it out of the brew spouts or out of a separate um, system, say like the Seiko Encanto Plus, it had a side um, steaming system. And what that does is, is it gives you even more convenience. You don't even have to hold anything. You just put the tube in the end of the milk. Um, but the milk comes out at usually one temperature. Sometimes you can adjust them depending on the machines. Often higher end machines, you can adjust the temperature a little bit. But what you're getting is convenience there and often a better uh, milk froth uh, yeah texture. more aeration yeah yeah, yeah 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 but either way they're both more convenient than a semi-automatic machine just because um, you're getting the air incorporated one way or the other without having to swirl and hold your milk and work on technique and you know when when you're a little bit late for work or you know when the kids are crying in the morning it makes it a lot simpler yeah um, I, I think uh there's different kinds of siphon systems too. Mm -hmm. You get in, there's like the just steam on the Seiko Excelsis is was exceptional in yeah. the kind of milk that it creates um, or the frost. And then you have carafe based systems as well that, that right. function similarly to a siphon, but they're, the siphon is built into a detachable carafe. So you can put the um, the carafe in like the refrigerator with milk in it, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of nice. Um, the Latte Go carafe option that comes on the Philips machines on the 3200 and the 4300. Um, that's a carafe that also is really, really easy to clean, which can be uh, a difficulty with some siphon systems at times. Um, not a difficulty, but uh, it's more convenient to clean it on mm -hmm. on, on the the Latte Go. Definitely. Uh, one thing to go back a little bit that I think is important to cover with super automatic espresso machines because it's one of the biggest questions that you get is does it make drip coffee um, which is something some people I think expect because if you look at uh, say like some cup machines there are cup machines that are functionally kind of similar looking but then make a drip cup of coffee instead of a shot of espresso uh, and the basic answer to that question for a super auto is no they do do not make drip coffee uh, because again like Jake was saying earlier they have brew units that are specifically designed to make a certain kind of drink um, but most of them will have a like coffee option where they will pull it's essentially a lungo if you're familiar with that which is basically they're pulling more water through the espresso bean or through the the puck of coffee um 
So it creates a sort of um, halfway between an espresso and a cup of drip coffee, which is also going to be more diluted and and because and, and less strong because it has more water coming out. And it does taste distinct from an americano, I find. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely its own own category of drink. While while delicious, yeah, it's definitely not drip, and it's definitely not americano. But that's not to say that it tastes bad. It's just it's just unique to itself. Yeah, I think um, if you're someone who really likes drip coffee, but you want something that's convenient like this, there are very few automatic drip brewers with a grinder in them, and they're almost all fairly finicky and difficult to work with. Um, I don't want to say that they're bad outright, because I know people who have used them and really enjoy them, but you're going to have an easier time maintaining and using a super automatic espresso machine. You might find that your taste for drip coffee dovetails well enough with the coffee that comes out of a super auto or the, you know, quote coffee, the lungo shot. So I wouldn't let it scare you off. I would try uh, a lungo maybe from a cafe or something and see if it might be doable for you as a, as an alternative to drip. Um, and then having a drip brewer around when you want to go the extra mile to make a pot of drip is always an option too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, the maintenance part of a super automatic, we've talked a lot about it last episode. I want to say it was with Maria from Ernex. So, um, some of this go over it a lot quicker here, but maintaining a super auto is a lot different than maintaining a semi-automatic machine, like worlds different. Um, and one of the nice things about these machines is they're, it's, it's usually pretty guided and pretty foolproof, like keeping it clean and maintained. Um, it'll tell you when to empty the drip tray usually, or it'll have a little like plastic floater that pops up when the drip tray needs to be emptied. It'll tell you when to empty the waste bin, or again, you can usually use that little floater as a guide when the waste bin needs to be emptied too. Uh, it'll walk you through cleaning processes. You'll usually have to do cleaning cycles with little cleaning tablets and then also descaling cycles at times, but it'll tell you how to do all of that. Same with the milk system. That That'll usually be something you can clean pretty easily following instructions. Uh, and then also a lot of these machines will take water filters too. So you can use filtered water. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest maintenance tips that I would just have for anybody at home is that if your machine has a removable brew unit, remove it and rinse it on a, on a semi-regular basis. You know, even if you're using the cleaning tablets, um, you're going to want to rinse off the excess coffee grounds, make sure that it's clean because um, like any warm you know environment with with organic material it can be a hotbed for mold and we've seen some users who didn't know that there was even a removable brew unit in the machine and we just want to you know have you avoid that because it's easy to clean and the maintenance is pretty simple and guided like pat was saying as long as you're as long as you're doing it and that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing is that you you know if it says to remove the brew unit in the manual every two weeks you know definitely do it don't skip out on that step and your manual will also do a really great job of giving you um, recommended intervals and everything like that as well as recommendations for the products for cleaning so yeah and on the topic of maintenance one thing that's really important for to know going into a super auto that um, sometimes people claim is like a, a something that that retailers hide about super autos but i i think we try to be as upfront about it as possible is you're not going to want to use dark roasted beans in these machines mm -hmm. at all um the any bean where you 
take a handful of them and you can see a sheen on them or see like dabs of oil on them, those are not going to be appropriate for a super automatic. And the reason for this is because um, you can't remove the burrs to clean them and clean the grind chamber in a super automatic because the machines are built in such a way that everything's really compact and tight in there. Um, and the brew units usually are removable from like a side door or something, but usually the grinder is so buried in the machine that you would have to completely disassemble it to even access it. Um, so what that means is the oil buildup that happens over time from oily, um, you know, quote, espresso roasted beans uh, is going to cause the grinder to eventually seize and just stop working. And usually um, the warranty departments of these manufacturers can always tell if that's the reason that um, the machine is failing and they usually will avoid your warranty. Uh, there are super grinds tablets from Ernex that you can use to clean it. If you like accidentally run some dark roasted beans through, it's not going to kill the grinder right away. It's more of an overtime thing, but um, that is one thing to know going in is you're not going to want to use those oily beans um, really ever. We, we, we don't even recommend using them occasionally because it can still cause nasty buildup in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and most manufacturers, will either put like a note in the bean hopper when the machine's new or in the user manual um, but yeah across the board every manufacturer we just recommend to avoid those oily beans just to avoid any potential complications down the road because even if they work for three months six months you know at seven months if they stop working then you're gonna have uh, a little bit of a problem yeah definitely um, and uh, honestly like if you like dark roasted coffee, cool. But sort of like we talked about at the beginning when we were touching on Boon Boona, most of that dark roasted coffee that you're that you're you really want to use in your that you think you want to use for espresso is just like the flavor's just gone from it. So you know, if you really love shots of super dark roasted coffee, I'm not trying to tell you <laughs> that you're wrong to like it, but give some medium roasts a chance. I think there's a misconception sometimes that you have to use dark roasted coffee for espresso because typically that is how it's done in larger chain coffee shops. But, um, you know, in the wider specialty coffee world, which is kind of the whole reason to buy one of these machines is to kind of be able to explore that. Uh, there's plenty of incredible light roasts that people make really great shots of espresso on. And super automatics tend to do best with a sort of medium roast that's more balanced, but there's no reason you can't try those lighter roasts and see how you like them as espresso. Uh, yeah. So yeah. expand your horizons, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And, and just adding a little bit to that, um, like if you're in the grocery store buying beans and you see a roast level on the bag, just remember these are these are not um, these are not scientific valuations of yes, how dark sure. or light a coffee is roasted. Because I know um, some brands whose light roast is darker than other brands' dark roast. Mm -hmm. So the best way, you know, if you have any questions of if a roast is too dark, you know, feel free to ask us or feel free to. Um, you know, buy one bag, don't buy too many, and just check it out. If you put your hand in there and you bring it out and there's actually visible oil on your hand, um, it's probably too dark. So for a super automatic machine, that doesn't mean you can't use it in other applications because you might like it in other applications. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to note too that like almost every, well, I have never encountered a truly dark roasted coffee that's not too oily for a super automatic. I have had people tell me that they have found mm -hmm. non-oily dark roasts. The science of it suggests that that's not possible. I mean, unless like 
the beans are going through some kind of cleaner after the yeah <laughs> after yeah. roasting, which is a weird. I, I don't know. I would definitely be careful with any darker roast, but you should check even stuff that says light or medium, even if it is from a specialty roaster, because you never know. Like there could be oil buildup on it, and just because it looks lighter colored when you pull out one or two beans, it doesn't mean that it, there isn't oil. Mm-hmm. It isn't too oily somewhere in there. So it, we did a video recently. I don't, I would, I think it'll be up by the time this episode goes out a video recently where we did some visual comparisons between beans to kind of give you an idea of what's too dark and what's too, or, and what's okay. And what's too oily. So check that out. If you have questions, there's usually, so you can, if you, you do some searches for it, you can find some pictures that'll guide you too. Yeah. Yeah. And we only stress it so much just because, you know, we've seen so many machines fall to super dark beans. We're not trying to be sticklers. We're not trying to say, don't enjoy what you enjoy, but you know, for this, specific genre of machines it's, it's really really important yeah it's definitely to kind of get it out there so that you know going into um kind of what you're getting into because we hate it when people feel burned when they buy a machine and then go oh well, i can't use dark roasted beans in it that's definitely not the goal mm-hmm. um but i would also say just because you can't use dark roasted beans and it does not mean that you shouldn't give it a try uh yeah. as well so um the other thing that i wanted to touch on is sort of uh cost and value and price of these machines mm-hmm. i think um super autos are really unique in that like if you go to buy a drip brewer um if you look at the the most affordable drip brewers they tend to be missing the qual they're not usually very good in terms of temperature stability and and like there's a reason that you want to start at a certain threshold Mm -hmm. with drip brewers uh and with a lot of other coffee equipment same is true for like semi-automatic espresso machines um yeah not to say that there's not plenty of people that enjoy their $100 semi-automatic, but um, you're kind of looking at quality thresholds there. Whereas uh, with super automatics, you know, a machine like the Philips Carina, which is 400 at the time of this recording, um, normally, it's actually a really solid machine that uh, is not missing the like quality of drinks you know that in the way that you might expect from cheaper machines in other segments yeah exactly exactly and that's and that definitely is unique to this segment because um if we think about like a semi-automatic machine it's nothing more than a pump a water tank and a porta filter Mm -hmm. um but with super automatics you tend to have a little bit more involvement and so there's more engineering even in the cheapest well cheapest as in less least expensive models but you're not getting like cheapest as in yeah, non-performing or, or subpar performance, like uh, like with the Karina that Pat you mentioned. You know, it has all the internal controls that some of the more expensive Philips models do. It just you know, you're just removing some quality of life features rather than the the quality of drink features. Yeah, it almost always has to do with with those. It's always feature based in in what you're paying for. So mm-hmm. if you want to just get started with really decent espresso shots but you're okay with you know using one of those panarello wands to steam a little more manually um which again some people prefer because you can control the temperature more there um and you're okay with not having a screen and needing to kind of refer to your manual to see what different maintenance lights means that's you're still going to get a relatively similar quality at least as far in terms of the espresso, you're getting the exact same quality on the Karina as you're going to get on like the most expensive Philips model. Um, again, different manufacturers have different 
extraction processes and brew units. So there it's more of a preference thing as to which kind of flavors you like more. But you definitely don't need to worry about getting scammed with a lower priced machine as long as you're getting it from a brand that is reputable and like offering good quality drinks. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you go up, you know, with like, say, like a Seiko Excelsis or a Mila 6 Series or even the 5 Series, like the 5500, what you're getting is um, things like uh, profiles for, for different users. So if you have a lot of family members in your house and you drink a lot of coffee, that can be really helpful because, you know, your kid or your husband or your partner or your spouse, um, they, they'll... Uh, be able to have their own profile and that's and that's really nice because then you don't have to be adjusting every single time you make a drink yep and you're going to get things like you know like i mentioned like screens like the excelsis is quite a bit higher cost than say a carina but on the excelsis you're getting a touchscreen that you can adjust lots of different parameters on you can check in different menus and see maintenance schedules and things like that um, much more clearly there so while the espresso isn't necessarily significant jump in quality because they're both the i think the, i want to say the brewing and the excelsis is a little different than, than the phillips models because they're just different form factors but you're still going to get a fairly similar quality there but on the excelsis you're going to get a lot more options in terms of control and um and and then you know, again, the steaming there is going to be automatic and, and of a little bit different quality as well. But um, I think it's worth noting that you don't have to look at those high end machines that maybe cost a couple thousand dollars or in the, uh, you know, a thousand plus range and go, oh, well, by getting a machine that's under 500, am I losing out? I think the thing that you should just be very conscious of is, again, that kind of brand thing. Obviously, coffee is a world where brand kind of matters a lot because there are complex components in these machines. But as long as you're not looking at brands that are not well reviewed and well liked you should be okay um and you you want to look more at like features and quality of life stuff yeah exactly exactly i think you hit that head that nail right on the head yeah um so i guess uh kind of to close out the super automatic conversation i would say one of the things that I recommend to people more than anything when they're shopping for these different machines is because brand matters so much in the different kinds of brew units. If you have the option to try coffee from the different machines, um, that's a really good way to tell if it's going to be a machine for you. Um, one, no, I don't want to say no two shots on a Sylvia are the same, but like on semi-automatic machines, there's so much variation in the way that shots taste, but, um, it's very much dependent on what beans you're using when it comes to super automatic because it's engineered to brew the same shot every time. So see if you can try it before you buy and then you'll find out if you're going to be happy ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's definitely a little different than like a super automatic, not far off, but it is a unique, um, niche that people really love these machines. Um, and a lot of people do love the, the taste of the espresso that comes out of here, but it is, yeah, just trying it out. Um, if you can, you know, if there's a store near you that you can try it out or even just, um, like with, with purchasing it from us, you can return it after you try it out within, you know, our return policy. Though it's, it's also worth saying, um, you should make sure that you are letting your machine settle in a little bit because these, they do yes. take, they can take anywhere from like 
20 to 50 shots at first when you first get them to for all the components to really settle and um, get in place and everything um, when they come right off the assembly line so give it a chance before you decide it's not for you but um, but but yeah um, just try it and and don't necessarily expect it to blow your mind immediately I guess yeah yeah for sure well, uh, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. Thanks for being on, Jake, as always. Thank you. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like to hear read on the podcast, please drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend, too, because that's helpful. The, uh, the word of mouth is really helpful for us to uh, to, 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 to get more listeners. Um and also, of course, uh, for all your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com. Head over to our blog and our YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode.